0: Good morning, welcome to your North Carolina Court of Appeals. My name is Judge Chris Dillon. I'll be presiding today. To my right is Judge John Tyson. To my left is Judge Jeff Carpenter. We have Gene Soar as our our clerk. We have Richard Moore serving as our marshal today. Thank you. We have one case on the calendar today, and it is uh, WR Imaging versus NC Department of Health and Human Services and and, and Raleigh Radiology. So we'll hear from the appellants. And if um, if y'all are going to divide your arguments or how you how you, how you how you, want to do the argument, but let me know if you want to pres- save time. So we'll hear from the appellants first. Uh, thank you, Your Honor. Uh, may it please the
1: court. Uh, my name is Charles George with the robbins Law Firm. I'm here on behalf of the petitioners, WR Imaging, LLC, and Wake Radiology Diagnostic Imaging. I will intend to use uh, 25 minutes in the opening argument and reserve five minutes for... Thank you. Uh, we're here today, Your Honor, on Your Honors, on a certificate of need determination from the Department of Health and Human Services uh, that uh, awarded a certificate of need for a 2019 uh, magnetic resonance imaging machine to the respondent intervener Raleigh Radiology. Uh, MRI at issue was part of the state medical facilities plan. It was uh, open to bid in the Wake County service area. There were six applications for the, for the MRI from five separate providers. Uh, three providers appeal uh, were part of the appeal. Uh, Raleigh Radiology Carey was awarded the MRI. Uh, WR imaging, and I may refer to my clients combined as Wake Radiology, but Wake Radiology was uh, denied the application. The agency found that their application was non-conforming with Criterion 3, 4, and 5 of the uh, general statutes in NC GenSTAT Section 131E-183. Uh, it also found that it was non-conforming with some performance standards. Uh, Raleigh Radiology's application was found to be uh, conforming with all of the statutory criteria and the uh, performance standards. Duke was a party. Uh, They filed a petition for contested contested case hearing and then subsequently withdrew. So the only parties remaining are the department as the respondent, uh, Raleigh Radiology as respondent intervener, and my client's as petitioner's appellants It's our position in this case that the agency erred and that the ALJ erred in upholding the agency's decision to conditionally approve the Raleigh Radiology application. Uh, After a full contested case hearing, the judge had an opportunity to consider a number of, a lot of evidence regarding the quality of care that was rendered. So in in this situation, when you are applying for a certificate of need, one of the things that you have to show under criterion 20 is that if you're an applicant that's already involved in the provision of health services, that they shall provide evidence that quality care has been provided in the past. Uh, this is an important factor uh, in the General Statutes 131E-175, there are various findings of fact supporting the Certificate of Need Law and indicating why it's necessary and that it provides that the general welfare and protection of lives, health, and property of the people of this state require that new institutional health services be offered within this state be subject to review and evaluation as to need, cost of service, accessibility to services, quality of care, feasibility, and other criteria. So in the AH North Carolina case, uh, this court indicated that the provisions regarding quality of care and criterion 20 show a clear intent of the General Assembly to ensure the quality of care history of an existing health care provider be subject to meaningful evaluation before the provider is allowed to offer additional services within North Carolina that are the subject
0: of the. COF that doesn't policy. mean you have to be have a perfect record for 18 months or whatever. Does so, but but, your arguing at least some, your first argument, is you don't think they conducted a meaningful evaluation. It wasn't meaningful. Correct. So why? So tell me why you say it wasn't meaningful. Well. It started with the fact that they were not given
1: information that was specifically withheld by Rale- Raleigh Radiology. Raleigh Radiology is required, as every applicant is, to indicate that the information contained in their application is truthful.
0: So which information did, not, did, did that not? So
1: in their application, they, they certified that they say Raleigh Radiology maintains American College of Radiology accreditation for all of its facilities. Now, in when you're dealing with radiology for companies, the American College of Radiology is the organization that oversees this. They work in conjunction with the FDA. And so prior to the application being filed, within weeks of the application being filed, the FDA withdrew Raleigh Radiology's ability to provide mammography at its Blue Ridge facility. They determined that the mammography that was performed at that
0: facility was a serious risk to human health. But the statement they made in their application was true? It was a true statement? They just hid some facts about the the mammography? Is that what you're saying? Well,
1: I would say that probably Judge Burns said it best. He said that when addressing their response about maintaining American College of Radiology accreditation for all of its facilities, and actually before I get to what Judge Byrne said, what I should say is that the American College of Radiology does not accredit facilities. It accredits modalities. So to say that all of our affil- our facilities are accredited in and of itself is not truthful, but what Judge Byrne said about it. He said, this response strikes the tribunal as word salad, neatly sidestepping a serious issue which should have been disclosed. If a hypothetical physician employed by a CON applicant was found to have been butchering and dismembering patients, a response that this practice maintains physicians who do not butcher and dismember their patients fails to state relevant facts, which is that one of them did, and worse, works to conceal the problem from both the agency and ultimately the state well, and the I, public. I,
2: I don't think,
0: would you have a duty to disclose every error, no matter how minute it is, over the 18-month period? Or where do you draw that line? Where do you have a duty to disclose?
1: So in, you certainly the case law is clear that you are not required to have a perfect record. There are cases that say. There's a, I mean, there's a decision from this court that says, look. I
0: understand that, but what are you required
1: to disclose when you, make, when, when you make your application? When you are making an application and you are asked a specific question to put forth evidence as to why you have provided quality care in the past 18 months, and your answer is that you maintain American College of Radiology accreditation for all of its facilities, what you are required to do is to be truthful. And so if you do not maintain accreditation at all of your facilities and and again the application specifically asks you to identify the facilities that are relevant to the inquiry. It's not just the location where the MRI was going to go, but when they're looking at a healthcare provider, they want to see what they're doing at all of their So
0: you're facilities. saying the sentence That statement was really meaningless because they don't certify locations, but they were suggesting that they had all their modalities were being, they were certified, which was not a true statement.
1: Correct. I mean, I I don't know how one would interpret this statement. And, And again, Judge Burns' language was somewhat colorful, but what he was saying is that you can't simply say, I maintain accreditation at facilities understanding that there are cer- certain modalities that are there and you're certainly giving the impression to the agency that you have full accreditation
3: what, what is the timing of when that occurred relative to the application so after the fact
1: no so they got notice from the american from the american college of radiology on october 23rd of 2019 the application was filed on november 15 2019 they originally tried to appeal the ruling and they were denied. And so their uh, MQSA certificate, which allows you to perform a mammography, was stripped. So they were unable, they knew right before they filed the application that this had been, that this accreditation had been revoked.
3: But but they were challenging that, correct?
1: They had challenged it after after... October 23rd, and then their challenge was ruled upon and denied so that they were not able to perform mammography. There was no more challenge at that point. They were not able to perform mammography. So when as the
3: application it was. was filed, that had already been, they, they had appealed and it had been denied, right? Correct. Prior to the application? Correct. Okay. Let me step back a little bit. I want to just kind of Review what is our role here today as this court, given you've had an agency decision that has been reviewed by an administrative law judge, correct? Correct. And agency decisions are normally looked at either under a whole record test or an arbitrary and capricious standard of review.
1: They're, they're in 150B. 51 there are six criteria the first four are subject to de novo review by this court The second two, the fifth and the sixth one which includes the arbitrary and capricious standard is subject to the quote-unquote whole record test
3: So in terms of the evidence and the weight that's given there too. That's That's strictly for the agency correct
1: What what the whole record test says is that the agency is able, it requires the, this court, to review the competent evidence in the whole record to determine whether the agency decision is supported by quote unquote substantial evidence consisting of such relevant evidence as a reasonable mind might accept as adequate to support a conclusion.
3: So it's not our duty to reweigh it?
1: It is not the court's duty to, if there are two separate determinations that can be made, one looking at the evidence one way, one looking at the evidence another way, it is not for this court to say, well, I would have reviewed it differently, even though there is substantial relevant evidence to do, to do that.
3: And do we, do we not give deference to the fact finder's decision as well?
1: The deference is a sliding scale. So if, if there is a long-held agency uh, interpretation that is supported by the statute absolutely deference is to be given.
3: And so the arbitrary and capricious standard is not a substitution of judgment It's not a de novo review.
1: It, it is not a de novo review it is again it, it is looking at it and saying is there evidence there that would support. support. It? Now in this case there is nothing in the agency record to give any suggestion that the agency actually considered this information.
3: Now, are you challenging the applicability or the enforceability of the con statute as it relates to the subject matter of this case or not?
1: No, the the CON statute absolutely applies to this situation. The problem is the way the agency was interpreting the CON statute is not supported by the language of the statute. This court in AH North Carolina said the same thing. The agency had a long-standing practice of not considering any care that was rendered by an applicant in any location other than the service area. And this court said, well, no. This, the statute is requiring the applicant to demonstrate that they provided quality care in the past. There is nothing that limits that to the location where the services are going to be provided. So, was even this, though... I'm was sorry. this
3: need limited to Wake County? Excuse me? Was this need identified yes. need solely for Wake County?
1: Yes. And, and the, the location where the mammography was lost was in Wake County. Right. The ability to perform loss.
0: So, basically, what was before the agency what they saw probably would say, yeah, these people comply with with, with, with Criterion 20. It's just they didn't have all the information. Right.
1: When, when you read That's their findings, saying. they recite in, in supporting Criterion 20. They don't say that we looked at outside information. They don't, and they do that with respect to Criterion 18A. They say we looked at the comments, we looked at this, we looked at this. But the only thing in the application is they're reciting what the age, what the applicant said, that they have ACR certification at so all it's their It's
0: possible that they could, if they had known about the mammography issue, they still could have found. We, you know, we're going to weigh it, and we think it's okay. But your issue is they never even weighed it; they didn't even. even there's no, there's no evidence
1: in, in the record in terms of the the agency findings to say that they waited. Now, you
3: brought it before the ALJ though, did you?
1: We did bring it before the ALJ and and so what the but what the ALJ said was that the agency did err in finding it in the way that they interpreted this. There were there were several comments But
3: then several, there was a prejudice analysis even if they did, you cannot demonstrate prejudice, right. correct?
1: Correct. He you know the
3: and that's a discretionary ruling too, is it not?
1: No. I mean, whether or not substantial prejudice has been determined, I believe that's a question of law. I mean, that is a, you know, is that an error of law to determine that there was substantial prejudice? What the judge was saying, I mean, he, he specifically was noting that he said the agency erred in its analysis and findings with respect to the Raleigh Radiology application and Criterion 20. The agency simply failed to do its duty of requiring Raleigh Radiology to demonstrate quality <clears throat> care during the look back period. And you know, he goes on to say, if it's if its own criteria require a showing of quality care, as they unquestionably do. The agency may not metaphorically shrug its shoulders and say it's someone else's problem or we rely on other people to make that call, but what the agency is doing here is saying and what they said at the, at the hearing was, oh, it's okay. It doesn't matter that your care was a substantial risk to human health. It doesn't matter that we have an 18-month look back and during the entirety of the 18-month look back, they said that the care rendered by Raleigh radiology was a substantial risk to human health, doesn't matter because by the time we did the decision, they had gotten back in compliance. But there is nothing in the statute, there's nothing, if the agency has determined that we're going to look back 18 months to determine whether or not there's been quality care, you look at the 18 months, it doesn't go away, it doesn't become a lack, it doesn't become quality care when hundreds and thousands of women had to get new mammographies, they were ordered to give new mammograms to women because the mammograms that were done were unsafe. And you're saying the agency never considered it? I, there's nothing in the There's nothing in the agency findings to suggest that One they considered it. One thing: if they
0: considered it, waited, and said, "Okay, they've gotten their act together," so we're we're going to we're going to say they meet yeah. criteria twenty. They're not perfect, but you're saying they never considered. It. Okay, let's assume they didn't. So you're now saying. That the ALJ got it wrong because either your clients did comply with all standard three, four, and five, or whatever, right. or even if they didn't, they're, they're still substantially prejudiced. So why don't you talk to, to that? So first of all, tell me if you want to. Why do you think your clients substantially complied with? Th- what, what was it that they found that your so, your clients didn't comply with? So
1: two two issues in terms of why my client was found non-compliant. The first was that. There were two months worth of data that they did not use when they were projecting what they intended they to do in the future. Because they weren't
0: partners with with Rex or whoever, right? Yeah, I got and, that. One.
1: And so what they were saying is, look, we're we're now in this joint venture. Rex has a lot more reach. We can do things, and it proved to be correct.
0: And I understand that. So, so that's was the, that
1: was the first. So what was the other one? The the second argument was that they contended that there was a failure to comply with the performance standards, and so they said that. We've got these standards for MRIs. You have to comply with them. And our argument is simply that those performance standards did not apply to to what you're asking about, Judge Tyson. That is a question of law as to whether they applied. And so they contended that because we had information available to us that it was sufficient to say that it was the applicant's data. And what we were saying is, no, WR imaging is the applicant. They are the owners of the of the MRI now. They have not had data, they've not had their own data for twelve months, and therefore the the performance standards do not apply. The the testimony, and we reference it in our brief, even between the agency witnesses, they interpreted that performance standard differently. One of them said, well, it doesn't matter. As long as somebody just gave you the data, then you have the data and therefore you're bound by it. And somebody else said, no, 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 that's not right. It's got to be data that's either yours or it's a related party's. But in two instances, they, when they were denying the basis, when they were denying that we complied with the statute, with the regulations, they made statements that went beyond the literal language of the, of the regulation, and therefore this court is not bound by an agency interpretation that is in opposition to the actual language of the regulation that it's supposed to apply. So, We contend that for those reasons we were compliant Therefore, as a matter of law, we were substantially prejudiced. The, perform- if,
0: the performance standards that, that, that Reg talks about, that the imaging scanner shall demonstrate that each existing, well, each mobile MRI scanner your client owns has done blah, blah, blah. But you're saying that, that what that means is during the period that you owned
2: it. Right.
1: Which, yeah. Okay. And, and, and again, there were examples in our brief of saying, okay, you've got somebody who's done one a month for nine months, and then somebody does... Uh, Five thousand once they get it, and if you read the agency standards, you'd say, "Well, no, it, you know the." you're stuck even though you're using it and you need, have a need because the people who used it before didn't
0: have a need. The opposite could be true. You could have somebody that done 5,000 a month and then you get it and you only do one a month and you're going to try to piggyback right. on them and that wouldn't. And that saying, wouldn't be right either. You're saying that wouldn't be right. And so what we're saying is it's it's very simple to
1: say, look, if the, the applicant has data when the app, when it's the applicant's data and they are running the MRI machine. When they're not running the MRI machine, they, they are not, it's not their data, and if they didn't have it for 12 months, by its own terms, the regulations don't You're apply. You're arguing,
0: it. even if they got the, the criteria 20 right with respect to, to, to Raleigh, it still should go back, even if that's true, just, it still should go back, because they didn't get it right on your criteria three, because they kicked you all out right away. Well, no,
1: I mean, I'm not making that argument. Because no. they did say, they did do a comparative analysis, and they determined that, that Raleigh Radiology would have won the comparative analysis. What I'm saying is, I've got a judge who looked at this and said that the agency didn't get it right with respect to Criterion 20, and if they didn't get it right with respect to Criterion 20, and they didn't get it right with respect to Criterion 3, 4, and 5, and the performance standards with respect to my client, then clearly my client is substantially prejudiced because Because they were the substantial, uh, they would have been the successful applicant These folks were the non-successful applicant, and now the non-successful applicant is getting it. But what I'm also saying is that, from a substantial prejudice standpoint, the judge made it clear that they did not apply that statute correctly. There's a footnote in Parkway Urology, there's the Hospice of Greensboro case. Those cases say you prove substantial prejudice as a matter of law in the event that you are showing that there was an agency error. Now, again,
0: there are a bunch of cases. I get it. That say those cases involve uh, appellants that w- didn't qualify either, because that's that's what yeah. they're arguing. They're arguing that you're not substantially no, because you wouldn't you, you didn't qualify. No, and and
1: I understand that. And what I'm what what we've argued in our brief is number one, there is no case in North Carolina that we're aware of where a judge has said that the agency erred in in finding that there was compliance with Criterion 20 and yet they were still approved. It it can, it can should not be, and I would submit it can't be the law, that if you are non-compliant, that you are allowed to get an applicant, you are allowed to get a CON that you're not entitled to just because the co-applicant was found non-conforming. So there are okay, situations. Let,
3: let me ask you that, I mean, the question is, you, you would have to you would have to get the fact finder to see the facts your way in order for you to be compliant. Is that correct? That's except your story.
1: The, the, uh, on the facts, that would be correct. What I'm so, saying so is- So
3: again, I go back to what the role is of the agency of this court. Okay, two people come before the court. He said, she said, okay? If, if whoever the fact finder believes that's who wins. So the fact he didn't believe me, that's the whole role of credibility of the fact fund. No, but the, the
1: difference is, I, again, I understand what you're saying with respect to the findings with respect to my client. But what I'm saying is even if you accepted the fact that the judge looked at what the agency did mm-hmm. and said that those findings were, that the agency made were correct, and I, and I say to you, I can't meet the standard to, to do that. Again, I think it's a question of law. I've explained why I think they've made an error, but even if I'm wrong, on the other side of it, they, the agency did not apply this statute correctly. You they,
3: can't choose between the lesser of two evils?
1: No, because the Parkway Urology case has said that unquestionably, you are not entitled to a CON if you do not comply with all of the statutory criteria. So, so if you've
3: got multiple applicants and one of them is eliminated, and then you've got one person left, and then they look at them and their flaws or their deficiencies, you're saying the agency cannot move forward to approve that person?
1: I'm saying the agency cannot give an application, they cannot award a CON to any party that does not comply with all of the statutory criteria. I've reserved five minutes, so I'll, I'll stop at this moment. That's fine. You Thank five,
0: you. You still have five minutes. Cool. We'll hear from the athlete.
2: <clears throat> Thank you, Your Honors. Derek Hunter from the Department of Justice on behalf of the Department of Health and Human Services. It's my intent to use 20 minutes of our time and then yield to uh, Mr. Adams, my learned co-counsel. Your Honors, I'll start with by reminding the court that in a CON review, if an applicant fails to conform to any one of the 15 statutory criteria or the regulatory review criteria, that applicant is not entitled to the CON. What the appellant would invite this court to do is to find that the agency and the administrative law judge got wrong the nonconformity with criterion three, four, five, and the performance standards, and overturn the ALJ's decision that the appellant was not substantially prejudiced. Well, That's what's before you today.
3: We, start, we started, Mr. Hunter, with the question of standard review on yes, what the role of this court is yes. in this case. And uh, counsel on the other side, your friend, is arguing that it is a question of laws de novo. And we're not bound by factual determinations. We are bound by factual determinations, but we're not bound by the conclusions of law.
2: I, I agree to the extent and agree with mm. Mr. George that the first four tenants of 150B-51 are de novo review and the final two are whole record tests.
3: The whole which is a whole record test and the arbitrary and capricious. Absolutely. And those primarily relate to factual findings?
2: Yes, Your Honor. That is that is true.
3: So if if one applicant's eliminated by failure to meet the criteria, does that bar the agency from approving Another applicant who have who may have less than perfect application?
2: An applicant must be conforming with all criteria. So even if one applicant has been eliminated due to some deemed nonconformity, the other applicant must still be found conforming with all of the statutory review criteria and regulatory review criteria. So, in other words, you could have two applicants who are neither conforming with all criteria. And a CON would not be awarded in that case.
0: But if, if, if CON is, re, is is awarded to one of them, as was in this case, does the other one have standing
2: to, to, to argue about it? Or to oh, it absolutely has standing. There's no argument that that applicant has standing as an affected person. And does that have, have to show prejudice? Does that have to show? Absolutely. There are two distinct elements. They must show some type of agency error. The agency acted beyond its. Authority. Is
0: it simply is it prejudice simply that they awarded this to, to somebody that didn't meet all the criteria? Not at
2: all, Your Honor. The appellate law is clear that the mere status as a denied applicant in a competitive review does not amount to substantial prejudice. Substantial prejudice must be proven by the petitioner separately and independently in order for that applicant to be entitled to relief under the Administrative Procedure Act. I think Mr. George was arguing that uh the fact that the alj determined that the
4: agency misapplied the statute is de facto substantial prejudice what's your position in regards to that
2: my position is two things number one i believe that argument does not have merit and number two and more importantly the agency did not misapply the criteria and i will get into that immediately (laughs) criterion 20 states that an applicant already involved in the provision of health services shall provide evidence that quality care has been provided in the past. That's the plain language of the statute. The statute does not say, and Judge Dillon, you touched on it early on in Mr. Georgia's argument, that an applicant must have a perfect record. If that were the case, there would hardly be a CON I at I understand that, but time.
0: what do you have to disclose? I mean, can you hide things? I mean, certainly if you forgot to give somebody a Band-Aid or something, you don't have to disclose every little thing, but there's, there's some line, and I would think that if you... If, if you can't do mammograms, that would be something that's significant that you would at least have to disclose. Sure. So, so
2: the agency can then conduct their review. Absolutely. The CON application that is filed requests all applicants to disclose whether or not it has had any findings of immediate jeopardy that have been issued by the Department's Division of Health Service Regulation or CMS. The application in this event for an MRI, which is an imaging service, does not request any information about mammography or any of the modalities it simply does not the application does not request that and going back to the ah owner case cited by mr george it cites specifically that the application shall request the information that the agency can use to determine conformity with the criteria what
0: does it ask for
2: so it asks for regarding um, 20 amongst other regarding 20 any findings of immediate jeopardy That is what it asks for regarding
3: losing test results on uh, breast cancer screening doesn't qualify for that?
2: Certainly the agency does not take the position that it doesn't qualify. What the agency does have is an application that the applicants fill out and the application does not request that information.
3: So are you saying that is there are there blinders or for on for MRIs only? and x-rays or blood draws or other types of treatment provided by this healthcare provider would not factor into that decision?
2: No, sir, that is not the position of the agency at all. As a matter of fact, there are no binders on and the agency became aware of the fact that Raleigh Radiology's Blue Ridge facility had lost its accreditation and it did How did it,
3: how did it that. become aware?
2: It was covered extensively in the news, number that, one. At that,
3: that time, the applications had all been filed?
2: Yes, and I'll follow up more. Raleigh Radiology also submitted an application for a diagnostic center in Fuquay Varina during the time of this review. During that review, Wake Radiology submitted comments regarding the Blue Ridge facility's loss of accreditation for mammography. In that review, the agency found, so, so the agency became aware of the mammography issue via the news media and in a separate review from Wake Radiology and other entities that submitted comments. The agency found that application conforming with Criterion 20 and and awarded the CON. Neither Wake Radiology nor any other applicant that submitted comments appealed that decision. So the agency was well aware of the loss of accreditation of mammography at the Blue Ridge facility. Is there anything in the record that shows
0: that they consider the mammography, the agency considered that in this case?
2: Absolutely. You have the testimony of the agency witnesses. Again, hearkening back to the AH owner case, that 18-month look-back period extends to 18 months prior to submission of the application up through the date the decision is issued.
0: But they did talk about the mammography issue at the hearing.
2: Yes, absolutely. You have the record, it's in the record. And what happened was the project analyst testified that the last criterion that he evaluates is criterion 20, such that he has the most up-to-date information regarding the quality of care issue right before the decision goes out. And he verified then that the Blue Ridge facility had received its full reaccreditation for mammography by the time this decision went out. So the record is clear that the agency considered the mammography issue, found out that, that, that it had been abated, the reaccreditation had been fully reinstated, and found the application conformable with Criterion 20. Now, also from the AH owner case, just so we are clear, this court held that because the General Assembly has not articulated with specificity how the agency should determine an applicant's conformity with Criterion 20. The agency is authorized to establish its own standards in assessing whether the applicant was already involved in providing healthcare services, whether an applicant that was already involved in providing healthcare services had provided quality care in the past. So for example, the evidence from the agency's witnesses at trial was in the event there are Applicants who have findings of immediate jeopardy or some type of quality care issue It is typically the agency's practice. It has been historically and particularly since the AH owner case that if The quality care issue has been brought back into compliance By the time the decision is made that applicant is generally found conforming with criterion 20 criterion 20 is evaluated on a case-by-case basis
3: and you said it's the last one. It's the, the last box is checked for.
2: Absolutely. Even the application contemplates that an applicant may have a quality care issue that has not been brought back into compliance, because the application asks to state if there are any findings of immediate jeopardy, and then the applicant must also state whether or not it's back in compliance, or if it is not, to estimate when it will be back into compliance. So again, we're not talking about an end-all be-all. We're talking about the agency knows, it contemplates, that providers of healthcare will have quality care issues. The plain language of Criterion 20 does not state that an applicant has not had any quality care issues. It must supply information that it has provided quality care in the past. But also needs to disclose the bad stuff, or at least significant What you said was done. <clears throat> Absolutely, to the extent it must. So the agency and the the agency's witnesses testified in deposition and at trial that even if it had known, even if Raleigh Radiology had submitted that information, had disclosed that information prior to submission of the application based on the fact that it had been fully reaccredited at that one facility prior to this decision being made, there is no reason that the agency would not have found the application Conforming with Criterion Twenty, so which this is year, it, it wasn't disclosed in the application, but it came out. Absolutely, that's what's that guy. And that has happened, as you might imagine, numerous times over the years.
3: And e- and even if it was the fact that it was known when the decision was made, that's the operative <coughs> time. Is that correct? Yes,
2: that is the operative.
3: At the time, time. The, the con is issued, Twenty is the last thing out the door.
2: That's correct, Your Honor. As
3: long as, as it's been remediated, then it's fine. What if? Um, what if at that time the mammography had not been recertified?
2: Well, Your Honor, could they still issue it? They could. Could? Yes, and there were examples given in trial of prior findings where the findings of imme- the, the citation of immediate jeopardy had not been remedied at the time of the, at the, time of the decision. And the applicant was still found conforming with Criterion 20. Again, it is case by case. It depends on the nature of the quality care issue.
3: Is that an abuse of discretion review?
2: That would be. That absolutely would be. And that's a whole
3: record review? That's a
2: whole record review. That's absolutely right. Abuse of discretion is subject to the whole record review. So the, so the, the record is littered with testimony, previous findings, that the way the agency analyzes and evaluates Criterion 20 is to evaluate it independently on a case-by-case basis. It's the last criterion usually that the agency evaluates so that it has the most up-to-date information. And if the quality of care issue has been remedied, remediated, abated by the time the decision is made, in general that applicant is found conforming and criteria really to why
0: me. you think that the agency got it right by saying that wake radiology's Application did not meet certain criteria.
2: Oh Well, let's talk about it your honor first of all criterion three Criterion three re- requires the applicant to identify the population to be served the need for the population and access so in general the way applicants will demonstrate conformity with, with criterion 20 they will project utilization in projecting its utilization what wake radiology did and you you touched on it already is for the year 2019 what it did was it took the volumes performed on its mri at, at its facility from march of 2019 to august of 2019 so it took those 6 months of volumes
0: well, let me ask what it's, a, it's appropriate to use the past the volumes. that's that's
2: the way to meet criteria three you can absolutely Okay, absolutely because what the eight what the what the applicant is attempting to do is it must meet certain criteria It must meet certain volumes. It must pro- it must there is a historical perspective It must have performed a certain number of volumes and it must project a certain number of volumes by the end of operation So it
0: was the only reason that the they were shot down on Criteria 3. was
2: because they didn't include January and February. It's not quite that simple. But it, it, it's close, but not quite, and I'll explain. January and February, it is true they did not include those volumes. But what they did was they annualized the six months that they did use. And it's fine to annualize. The agency does not dictate how an applicant demonstrates conformity. They took the six months and doubled it. That's right. That's that's right. But what that does, Your Honor, is they took the six months and doubled it for the entire year of 2019. So what they did was they took projected volumes and applied them retroactively to January and February. So what that does is it, it it, it calls into question the actual numbers because they had the data for January and February. There's no question. They owned the machines. They had the data. But now they've artificially inflated it, or at least it calls into question the veracity of their projections because they projected volumes, then applied it retroactively, used that number to calculate a compound annual growth rate, and apply that growth rate going forward to arrive at its projected volumes for operation year three.
3: So you're saying they used projected data when they had actual data in hand?
2: That is absolutely right. They use they and use. If they per- had
3: used the actual data, it would it, it would have lowered the percentage of need out
2: there. The, their, well, it would have lowered their volumes, and there's 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 evidence in the record that it would have. So
3: what? So that- by using using the later six months and then doubling it, it it actually showed a need that was not there, as demonstrated by the actual utilization for those two months.
2: Not a need. But what it does is it artificially inflates their utilization going forward, because they're applying projected volumes retroactively when they have actual volumes. Because in the third year, they must project that they that their fixed scanners will uh, will conduct four thousand eight hundred five scans.
3: Let me ask you this: yes. when this when the when the Need for an additional MRI in Wake County is determined. Yes. That's done by the agency prior to even opening the application period, is it not? Absolutely. So the need determination is made by the agency, not by the applicants.
2: Not by the applicants. By the agency and the State Health Coordinating Council.
3: All right. So if that's true, then what difference does it make what the utilization was if the need's there?
2: That's a great question, Your Honor. The historical performance standards, meaning your machine must have performed a certain number of scans. What if it's brand new? If it, well, here, here, here we go. Even if it's brand new, the issue is the CON law is designed to prevent the proliferation of unnecessary health services. So for example, in a case like wake radiology, which had scanners that did not meet the performance standards, what that says is and what the law is designed to do is to prevent that applicant that already has capacity for scans, it prevents that applicant from getting another scanner. Hence, this unnecessary duplication of service, this proliferation of unnecessary services that drive up costs.
3: So if they've got one in there, they've got to show the utilization of that before they can demonstrate that they're an applicant for a need for another.
2: Absolutely, Your Honor. You're
3: spot on.
0: But the, the prior owner they could have just been terrible at mismanagement or maybe they maybe wake radiology is bad maybe it, you had a bunch of scans done in January and February and and, and these people are terrible at it and so they had no but should, should they be able to piggy, piggyback on Rex and was that, is that is that fair? I mean I, I, they could have had a fire at the Rex facility in January or February should you count those or why can't they rely on what we can do and what what our capacity is why do they have to rely on what somebody else, or sh- and, and, and they could rely on to their benefit, which doesn't seem like a, a good thing that I would think the agency would want to do because they want to see how they do. So tell me why that doesn't make sense. I don't know, why can't they take the six months
2: they did it and double it? Okay, they can do that, but to answer your question specifically, what the law is trying to find is the scanners in the service area. These scanners, in this case in Wake County, have these scanners performed up to the necessary capacity to warrant additional scanners. So the SMFP, the state medical facilities plan, said there is a need for one additional fixed scanner in Wake County. That does not mean that every applicant for that scanner qualifies to acquire that scanner.
3: If they've got one that's being underutilized.
2: If they have one that's being underutilized. If you have a scanner that's being underutilized, you have capacity to perform but more is it scans.
0: underutilized because of, of, of demand, lack of demand, or is it underutilized because it was just mismanaged by the prior,
2: I, I mean. The agency does not know that. And the law, what the law takes into account is the scanners in Wake County perform a certain number of scans. And based on the number of scanners in Wake County, does this applicant have sufficient capacity to number one, warrant a new scanner or is it sufficient with what they have? Do they have sufficient capacity now to take on additional, additional volumes? And if Your Honors don't have any additional questions, I will now yield to my learned colleague for uh, findings on substantial prejudice. Thank you so much. Thank you.
4: May I please court, I'm Jimmy Adams, along with uh, Katie Wong. We represent Raleigh Radiology on this. Uh, before I get to my prepared remarks, Judge Dillon, let me follow up on Mr. Hunter's um, answer to your question. This case is a unique case because these scanners that WR Imaging owned as of February had been owned by its related party for 10 years before that. This was not a situation where the scanner was owned by, Nightdale Radiology and then sold to Wake Radiology. These were owned by Wake Radiology Services since the mid-2000s. And then all they they did was they did an internal corporate restructuring, so to speak, and moved them to a brand new entity that the same owners owned. So that's one of the big things. These scanners were in the same place being operated by the same people in the exact same locations that they had been for 10 years. And so, to say that WR Imaging didn't have the data is just to put the blinders on and allow them to play a shell game, say, okay, well, we're going to move them to a new LLC and say, well, it's got to be the data of the LLC. That's why especially in this situation, uh, the, the scanner volume, the historic volume is absolutely relevant because, WR Imaging had all the data. Did the
0: agency question. have the correct data when it made the decision, even though the application um, extrapolated and did fake January and February numbers? Did they have the actual numbers?
4: No, sir. They did, did, they, not, they did not have um, any data from March forward. In fact, the, the findings say from Mr. Yakubowski, I don't know what January and February look like, but I'm concerned because if they are just this much too, you know, this much lower than the average, it's going, to, it's going to make them non- non-conforming. In discovery, we got the monthly data, and the monthly data showed, yes, in fact, had the agency had all of that information, not only would they have not been conforming, but their projection of super growth over those years, um, over the, the 2019 year, they had actually done fewer scans in those six months in 2019 than they had done in. 2018 when it was just owned by the related entity.
3: Um, so the information was available?
4: It was Wake Radiology had the information, yes, sir. <laughs> so
3: when you and you received that information through discovery? Through discovery, Your Honor. So they possessed it?
4: Yes, sir. Well, and, and they used it because they used it to do all of the historic stuff to do their compound average growth rate said, well, in 2016, how many scans did this scanner do? How many scans did it? assumed to do in 2019. They compared that old data to their assumed new data to say this was the growth rate. I mean. But
0: when the agency said they didn't comply with uh, three, um, the agency knew what the correct data really was? No. They didn't. They did not.
4: They said it was not reasonable, and the standard is reasonableness. They, that it was not reasonable for wake radiology to do the projections the way they did because they left out those two months. And then during discovery, we were able to show their suspicion about the error was, in fact, well-founded and accurate. And so, basically, the evidence from the discovery and ultimately the hearing, and Judge Byrne talks about this in his decision, um, supported the agency's suspicion and skepticism about the unreasonable nature and in effect confirmed that they were correct.
3: So the actual data didn't come out until the appeal. Is
4: that correct? That's correct, Your
3: Honor. But the agency had already discounted the numbers.
4: That's correct, Your Honor. And
3: said that was not reasonable. And all you did was produce the actual numbers to verify that finding.
4: Well, we asked for them and got them from Wake Radiology, and those numbers confirmed, yes, Your Honor. In addition, Mr. Yakubowski had the annual reports that have to be filed, those annual reports filed by WR Imaging in the latter part of 2019 showed that full year's worth of information on those exact scanners and showed they were not sufficient. So Your Honor, in the five.
0: Talk about prejudice.
4: Go ahead. I I thought it was important to, to mention that, Your Honor. In the five and a half minutes I've got left, what I want to talk about is, well, two things. And I want to make sure it's clear on Criterion 20 is to understand that criterion 20 looks at the entirety of what an applicant does. And the, the the myopic focus of Wake Radiology on this one modality in this one location of Wake of Raleigh Radiology completely misses the fact that Raleigh Radiology has facilities all over Wake County, that it is doing mammography all over Wake County, that it does MRIs, that it does X-rays, that it does bone density scans, that it does all number of things providing quality care, and as this Court has said, and um, it, it's not con- contested, you don't have to be perfect, but yet that's what we keep hearing is, well, you really have to be perfect, because if you're not perfect, if we've got this one mammography issue in this one location, then you're nonconforming with Criterion 20, which only requires that you demonstrate that you have performed quality care. It does not require that you demonstrate the absence of imperfection.
0: Well, I don't think you have to be perfect. You just have to disclose <laughs> at least the issues you have because I can tell you all the good things that I've done in the last 18 months without telling you the bad things. So, yes, I, Your Honor. I, so, my issues, so did, did the agency know about the bad things, I guess? Correct, Your Honor. You're saying they did. They did know about the mammography mm-hmm. issue.
4: They did know about the mammography issue, absolutely your honor. And by the time we got through to the um, to the hearing, they knew about the uh, the loss of the, the, the images that had occurred basically 17 in a month.
0: Let's say Seven. you're wrong about criteria 20. Why why did, can they not uh, complain about it? Why are they not substantially prejudiced by that? Well, okay, you're, what you want to talk about. Right. And
4: Judge Carpenter asked that question and th- th- the argument that is being proposed is that They were substantially prejudiced because of agency error. And that does violence, number one, to the statute. 150B23 says you have to show that you are substantially prejudiced and you have to show agency error. And there are legions of cases from this court that have said that those are two separate inquiries and if you can't show substantial prejudice, in effect, agency error is immaterial. In fact, the surgical care case, the court said, because there's no substantial prejudice we're not even going to look at the agency error issues because we can decide it on this issue the biomedical case that was decided just last year in 2022 that was a summary judgment case the lower court didn't even look at agency error because they found that there was um, no genuine issue of material fact on the issue of substantial prejudice and that was it and so they never even looked at the issue of error do you do you contend that substantial prejudice review from our perspective is de novo or abuse of discretion? Your Honor, it would be our contention that in this particular case, it's, um, it falls under the whole record test because whether there's substantial prejudice is a question of fact. Uh, It was an inartfully asked question. Was it an exercise of discretion on the part of the agency or the AOJ in determining substantial prejudice? or was it an act as a matter of law to determine substantial prejudice? It's a mixed, uh, Your Honor, I would submit it's a mixed question. Um, In this particular case, Wake Radiology has argued agency error, which this court has held is not sufficient. Wake Radiology has argued, well, we didn't have an opportunity to apply at some point later. The law of substantial prejudice is you have to have an absolute, concrete, distinct harm to the petitioner from the decision, not from the result of the decision. And so that argument would mean that substantial prejudice, in effect, disappears because anyone can apply for a certificate of need. And if you say, well, the inability to apply later, then that would mean that anybody could, substantial prejudice could be satisfied by anyone.
3: Mr. Hunter used the word holistic review when looking at criterion 20. Yes. And Your Honor. He also, um, in the brief, and he also on argument said, "It's the last thing out the door." Yes. That's sir. the last thing to look at. So, if they knew at the time, does that cure any prejudice? Even though there was non-disclosure on the mammography?
4: Well, Your Honor, I think there's a little bit of missing. There's substantial prejudice doesn't depend on criterion 20 at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, Judge Byrne, in theory, I mean, well, first of all, Judge Byrne found that the agency made the correct Should substantive your client decision. Should have
3: disclosed that? Was that part of what the application required your client to do?
4: My client testified that because it was a mammography issue at Blue Ridge and not an MRI issue at Cary, it didn't dawn on her that she needed to tell the applicant, I mean, the person preparing the application, and so it wasn't prepared. Our In hindsight, yes, it, it should have been disclosed, but ultimately it was disclosed. But so Judge Carpenter, and, and I'm out of you can, time. You can answer the, questions.
0: Go ahead, go ahead and answer the questions.
4: So in this particular case, substantial prejudice, because all of the legal issues that wake radiology is relying on have already been determined by this court and other decisions to not constitute substantial prejudice. Then the last question is, do the facts, are there some facts that need to be found that constitute prejudice? And Judge Byrne said, no, there are, so from an abusive discretion standpoint, from a whole record test substantial evidence, the facts as established, the arguments presented don't rise to that. So those issues, the, the factual determinations of what they're relying on, what their argument is, those are subject to the substantial evidence rule if this court taking those facts it would then be a question of law as to whether or not given those facts given those arguments there is substantial prejudice but we would submit that everything that wake radiology is proposing factually or legally has already been decided does not constitute substantial prejudice and this court can affirm judge Byrne solely on that issue without ever having to reach these mammography issues or criterion 20 issues or candidly even the criterion 3, 4, or 5 decisions or the performance rules. You can do like other courts have done. Look at substantial prejudice. There is none. Judge Byrne was correct. We give him the appropriate amount of deference and the decision should be affirmed.
0: Thank, Thank you. Your Honor. We hear from the appellant and you can take an extra minute and a half too. So you have about six and a half minutes.
1: Thank you, Your Honor. First off, you heard Mr. Hunter say clearly that if the Raleigh Radiology application is not compliant with all of the statutory criteria, it cannot be approved. That is the law of the State of North Carolina, unquestioned. Mr. Adams is, well, I want to address one other thing. Mr. Hunter said that there is not a requirement to disclose this information. Application does not ask, tell me whether you have been accredited in all your modalities. What the application does ask, it says, document that the facilities identified in response to Section A, Question 7, Form A facilities, which includes the Blue Ridge facility, have provided quality care during during the 18 months immediately preceding submission of the application. This is what the agency has decided is relevant. There are actually four questions here. The problem is the next three have nothing to do with this application. Well, let me applicant. ask
0: you about that. So they, they, let's, they didn't disclose on their application about the mammography issue, but the agency, as I understand from them, the agency did know about it when they made a decision and weighed it. And,
1: and Well, uh, the,
0: the agency did not know everything.
1: Raleigh Radiology in this court, in another case, had tried to keep the information quiet and wanted it filed under seal. We got it lifted under seal. We got it we got the information because this court lifted the seal. So what did they not know about? So what they did not know about was the, the extent of the findings. I mean, what the agency talks about in the rest of that application is immediate jeopardy. You can be in immediate jeopardy because you put a box in front of a door, not that there's any any care issues, but immediate jeopardy doesn't apply to Raleigh Radiology because Raleigh Radiology is not governed by the Department of Health and Human Services. That is only something that that CMS or the Division of Health Service Regulation is looking at. It's not something. So they have three answers to questions to say, well, no, we haven't been in immediate jeopardy. Of course, you haven't been in immediate jeopardy because it doesn't apply to you. But well, there's so a the, lot of
0: it came out during the hearing. What did the well, what so, it, what so what did the agency out? not know about? What what they did not know
1: about when they made the decision?
0: Well, that's what I want to know. Is that
1: the FDA had determined they had reviewed nine case, they had reviewed thirty cases that were performed by Raleigh Radiology. They determined that nine of them were deficient when you read the brief from Raleigh Radiology, they say, it's just one case, oh, it's no big deal. They say, we didn't say anything about the doctors and the technologists. But in fact, what, what we only learned when this stuff became unsealed was that they determined, they had a reviewer go look at all of their cases. They said that these cases are deficient. They said there was one that was severely deficient. They said, not only are these cases deficient, you, you need training. They don't. The, the American College of Radiology doesn't even govern physicians, and yet they were saying the technologists have to get training on how to position people. The physicians have to get training on this. So the notion that this is just some administrative error—I mean, they refer in their brief to say it was a clerical error. It's not a clerical error when. Nine out of 30 cases that are chosen are deficient. They're doing this improperly. And they've said that everybody, every single person who got a mammography at that facility for two years was at a substantial risk. Uh, it, it was a substantial risk of human health. They were putting them at issue.
3: Let's, let's take every bit of that as true. Okay. We understand Mr. Hunter, Mr. Adams is saying, by the time the con decision was made and it was issued, that whatever deficiencies that had been there had been remedied and that the mammography had been fully restored to to accreditation. Is that correct? That's correct. Correct. So, okay, it's all true what you said, but whatever it was, they fixed it, and they fixed it before this one was
1: issued. Okay. And, and what I'm saying is the agency has made the determination that what they are going to look at is... Has quality care been provided in the past? And And the
3: remediation doesn't meet that standard to you?
1: Doesn't change the fact that for two years they were providing care that was putting people at substantial risk. So, yes, in the, again, the agency itself is saying, tell me about the 18 months. Mr. Hunter is telling you they look past the 18. I think I understand
0: your argument. Is if the agency had known about it, it still might have been okay to, for them to say, yeah, you, criteria 20 has been met, but we don't know what the agency, the agency never got a chance to make that decision. They well, didn't make this information.
1: so again, in fairness, they, there was a hearing in front of the ALJ, so information came out at that time. But when this decision was made, none of this information was known. They're not saying this information was known. Raleigh Radiology was posting on its website that it was just a clerical error, no big deal. There was nothing, this stuff was, was just not in the public domain. It should have been these letters that are in the record. There's an October 23rd letter from the FDA. There's a November 6th letter from the FDA, and it goes on at length about each of these cases and why they were done improperly. And this is all they, this is what they do.
0: They interpret films. Does the ALJ review a Criterion 20 determination by the agency de novo? Or is is that a...
1: Well, no,
0: the, the agency,
1: the ALJ is looking at it to determine whether or not they applied the criterion. But what this judge says is that the agency erred in its analysis and findings with respect to Raleigh Radiology application and Criterion 20. The agency simply failed to do its duty of requiring radiology to the demonstrate— The
0: ALJ pr- said that. The C- ALJ said that. Did the ALJ also say that Criterion 20 was met based on what the, what the ALJ had before? The A- or, did, or did they review it? Tonight? The, the ALJ
1: said, this is highly questionable. I don't believe it. but. I'm not going to go say it's, it's arbitrary and capricious. I don't think your, your honor is bound by it's that determination. De, no,
0: I, my question is, is it a de novo, so it's not a de novo review. What, what the ALJ, the agency makes a criteria 20 decision. When it goes to the ALJ, does ALJ say, I'm going to look at it anew and see, it. do I think it is, or do they just, does the ALJ just simply say, do I think that the agency... The, the, ALJ was, the AOJ
1: looked at it and said that he did not believe... He, d- he found their analysis My highly question questionable.
0: Is, what's the AOJ's standard of view in that regard? Is it, well, is it Did the agency, was they arbitrary and capricious, or did they look at it, or does the AOJ look at it to know Combination of both.
1: I mean, if, if they apply the statute correctly, if, if, if they are actually applying the statute, he has to defer to their application. What he said is they did not do it correctly. You can't just shrug your shoulders and say, "Oh, okay, we don't have to we don't have to deal with this." We're but not going it to rely on
0: the ALJ to then to say, "Well, but I'm going to apply it to no review and I think based on the new information, I think it, until certiorari 20 was met or was that not done at the ALJ level?" The,
1: the ALJ looked at this, but he said, "Well, if if this is what they said, I'm not going to say it rises to the level of arbitrary and capricious, but he also said they failed to do it correctly." And what I'm what I'm saying is Mr. Adams is completely right. There are cases that say you got to prove these separately, but the cases also say that you can decide substantial prejudice as a matter of law, and in this case, where, where they do not apply it correctly. I mean, in, in the AH North Carolina case, they didn't just say, oh, okay, well, the agency said it was all right to not consider the care in the county, so it's okay. They said, no, there's no basis for doing that. There was no basis here for the, the A, for them to say that the quality care had somehow been miraculously fixed because of this. So, I mean, our position is, and, and again, it doesn't ride on us necessarily being approved. Again, we think if you're making, if you're looking at this, we think that there was error. There was, uh, the, our application was approvable, and when you're comparing putting substantial, people at substantial risk of health issues for two years compared with, not including two months' worth of data, it's not a hard choice. But I understand there's more to it than that. But what I'm saying is even if you upheld the decision that Raleigh, that Wake Radiology was not approvable, there is no reason that this court cannot say that the Raleigh Radiology application is also not approvable when Criterion 20 was not met. And, th- and when they did not apply it correctly, substantial prejudice can be proven as a matter of law. And we've also shown that if, this, if the MRI had gone back into the, the uh, system, there would have been an opportunity to apply for it earlier. So and so we still have substantial bridges. Okay. Thank you.
3: Thank you. You'd have us to reverse?
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you for your arguments. We will take it on advisement you. and we will adjourn